Good morning. Thank you for being here. Awesome, awesome day. Thank you, Brother Ronnie. Welcome home. Ronnie's been off on a little vacation, and he's back. <laughs> Thank you so much. We have some visitors here today, and we want you to know that we are glad you're here. Thank you for coming to support your family members or friends as we uh, have a special service today, and uh, I promise you it'll be great. It'll be a little different, uh, but it's going to be a wonderful thing. I'm going to ask our parents for parent-child dedication. If you will come join me down front, uh, bring your child or your children, and just kind of line up across the front here, and uh, we're going to introduce you and say a few things about you, some good things. And, uh, wow, what a special time. All right. Yeah, you got an arm load, son. <laughs> well, uh, as you can see, we have Ben and Samantha Grover, and they have May Elizabeth, and uh, they're going to be dedicating themselves to the Lord this morning. We also have Jeff and Crystal Hayden over on this side with their three girls. And uh, I, I will tell you, this is the first time that I think I have dedicated children as old. But I'm going to tell you this. It's a young couple in the Lord. They're new Christians. They realize, I mean, you know, you've heard me say this. You don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know, you need to dedicate yourself and your kids to the Lord then you haven't done that. But when you realize that, you back up and you retool. You do what you're supposed to do. And so they're coming this morning, dedicating themselves, and also Haley and Isabella and Sophie. Praise God. Amen. We're also blessed to have Alan and Ashley Jarrett this morning. And Miss Olivia Ann, and uh, they're going to be dedicating themselves to the Lord. And, and you know, this is not their first trip up here, <laughs> for several of you, <laughs> yeah. And then we also have Josh and Amanda Troson, and Miss Molly Lee. Yeah, I saw Molly Lee. We finally got to the point she'll give me a high five now, you know. She's a little bashful, yeah. Thank you so much for participating in this, and this is not just something we check off the list. This is something that is very, very important. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. What you're seeing here today is about disciple-making, and uh, I'll explain that further throughout this service. I want to read some scripture. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 6. This comes from the hand of Moses. He says, listen. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he makes reference to commandments. He says these commandments. Commandments are things that God gives us to live by. He said these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart, not just in your head, but upon your heart. 
And you're to impress them on your children. You're to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. That word impress is important. Impress. It means to literally mold that into their life. Uh, Mark them with the word of God. David, the psalmist, wrote, But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him, with those who are reverent to God and those who respect God. He says his salvation extends to the children's children, several generations, to those who are faithful to his covenant and to those who obey his commandments. Now, what does that mean? Because we want to be careful that we don't misinterpret what's being done here today. Well, it simply does not mean that if you're a Christian, that your child automatically becomes a Christian as well just because you're dedicating them here today. That's not what we're doing. What it means is that mom and dad, if you dedicate yourself to God and you follow God, there's a greater chance that your child will do the same thing. Okay? That is why it's so important that you uh, live your life in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. That's okay. Hey, I've been doing this 30 years. I'm used to this baby's crying. It's, it's okay. It's a beautiful sound in my ear. So parents, I want you to understand that what you do with God will have the greatest impact on what your children do with God. Uh, if you don't believe that there's a God, you don't believe in God, then most likely your children won't believe in God. If you treat God as a 9-11 call or as a backup parachute only when you need him, then most likely your children are going to do the same thing. If you have greater priorities than God in your life, then your children are probably going to be just like that. If you only give God your leftover time and talent and treasure, then there's a really strong chance that your children aren't going to give anything to God. Just imagine, and I challenge you parents to imagine this, imagine what your children can be. If they see you love God with all your heart and soul and strength, you are the greatest influence in, in, in their life. Jesus said, whoever welcomes one of these little ones in my name welcomes me. I, I think the beautiful picture there for me is, is that Jesus loves children. And, and if we're going to, a church, if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to love children. And, and I think Harvest does. And I, I thank God that we have that kind of environment around here, that kind of community. Um. So here's what we're going to do, parents, and I, I want to explain this one more time. This is not just dedicating children. This is parents dedicating themselves as well. They're dedicating themselves to be disciples of the Lord, but then to raise their kids in a godly environment. So uh, here's your charge, parents. There's eight of you. On this day before God and before all of these witnesses, this church family, do you promise your child to God and do you dedicate yourself to raise your child in a uh, Christian home and among God's people? Do you dedicate yourself to live for Christ and do you dedicate yourself to be a godly disciple of the Lord? How do you speak to that? Everybody in agreement? Yeah, okay. We're almost done. Hang on. <laughs> Thank you for that kind of commitment. 
Church family, we're a part of this as well. And I would say to you, on this day before God and these parents and these children, do you promise and dedicate yourself to love them and help them as they seek to raise their children in a way that's pleasing to God? Do you commit yourself as a church to be godly people? Amen. Well, I'd like to pray for you. You need my prayers. You, you need the prayers of our church. And, and so I, I am going to open this up. We're going to do it this way. If there's somebody that would like to come up and pray with them uh, and join them as we pray, family, friends, church family, whatever, I'm going to give you just a minute to do that. I'm going to back up and just give you time to stand and move your way forward. Uh, it'll be okay. Don't be bashful. Don't all do it at the same time. This is important, very important. Amen. It's a good day. A good day. All right, let me pray for these folks. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, first of all, for your being here. Without you, this is just uh, an event. But with your presence, Lord, it is a glorious day. It's a day of celebration and a day to rejoice and a day to give thanks. We thank you for these parents. I thank you, Lord, for the Grovers, the Haydens, the Jarrett's, the Trojans. I pray for their children. I pray, God, that as they commit themselves and also their kids to, to that godly uh, commitment of, of living their life as a disciple of Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would bless, help them in those days that they struggle, help them through those days when it's hard being a parent, or it's hard being a child and growing up. We live in a difficult time and our world goes counterculture to everything that Christ wants us to do and be. So Lord, we lift them up in prayer and we're not just praying for them today, but we're committing ourselves to pray for them for a long, long time, as long as we are able to do that and as long as you allow us to do that. God, please bless them. Help them to be a light unto the world that reflects Christ so that Others can see Christ in them. Give them the wherewith that it takes to be the godly people they're committing themselves to be. Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I'm going to let I want the parents and children to stay. Everybody else can make their way back. Yeah. And I'm going to step down here because I've got some gifts. There are three things that I'm going to be giving each child and each couple. I'm giving them a certificate of the day to remember this special moment. There's also uh, a Bible in this little bag, and uh, that is for the child. And, and there's a letter from me. I'll explain that in just a minute. God bless y'all. Hey.
right. You can put that stopper back in there. She's going to need that. All right. I've got one for Sophie. Y'all want to come back up here? It'll be okay. Come on. Sophie? Sophie? Sophie's the biggest one. Okay, I had that backwards. I'm sorry. Isabella. I got that right, didn't I? Haley, there you go. You're, you're, you've got a letter in there, and there's a Bible, and there's a certificate. And I, I give a letter to each child so that on their eighth birthday they can open that letter. If by that time they have not come to Christ, this letter tells them how to know how to know the Lord. I do that because we never know what tomorrow brings, do we? Um, they could move. God could take me home. I don't know. I know it's my responsibility to be a part of discipling. And the first step of discipling is leading people to Christ. So you have information there that will help you in the future. Okay? I've got two more. Miss Olivia. Thank y'all. God bless you. Hey, sweetie. You're just easy, aren't you? Miss Molly Lee. Can you give me a high five? Oh, you want your paint? Oh, you hooked up my hand. There you go. All right. Thank y'all so much. We will not forget this day. I pray that you will not either. It'll be a special day for a long, long time. God bless. Let's give him a hand. All right. I'm going to let y'all go back and be seated. Amen. All right. Sorry there's not a puppy there, buddy. He's got a piece of paper. He's happy. Quite literally, there are two different kinds of children that we're focusing on here this morning. I, I stopped earlier this week and just paused and reflected on 30 years of ministry. And, and I honestly do not ever remember doing both of these things in the same day. And when I say both of these things, what I mean is parent-child dedication and believer's baptism. Both involve children. You see, we have some who are physically young, with several babies, as you can tell, and, and, and young children along with their parents. Um, that's pretty amazing. We also have some others that are new and young Christians. Um, I did a little math. We've got uh, new Christians as young as 11, and we've got new, Christian as, new Christians as young as 79. I think this is the first time, and I think there, and I, I won't make them stand up, but I think there are four or five over 70 today. Guys, that doesn't happen. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on there, but I would say this. It's not too late to accept Christ as long as your heart is beating and your lungs are breathing. So uh, today may be your day. Uh, it's a great witness. Um, we also have, um, I think there are uh, three grandparents. 
with grandchildren that are being baptized today. I don't know that we've ever had that either. You know, that, that, that's a generation apart. And uh, so, so that's beautiful. We've all gathered here in this place this morning as the church, the body of Christ. And it is our responsibility to help these young children and these new believers learn how to trust and obey God. As I made mention earlier, the command, the Great Commission says that we are to go and to make disciples in all the regions of the earth. To make disciples. Not just lead them to be Christians, but to disciple them. And a disciple is a lifelong learner of Jesus Christ. And we're to help them learn how to uh, listen, how to trust, and how to obey God. So I, I gave you a, a spiritual principle last week that, that says this. What God calls you to do, and today it's trust and obey, he always provides the spiritual resources to be able to get that job done. We need to learn to live that. The Apostle Paul reminds us of how God makes that happen in and through the church, and, and so he shows us how to live out this principle in our lives individually. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The Scripture says that he... And I've circled that in a big circle. He, we're talking about Jesus Christ here, God, the Son of God. He is the one who gave these gifts to the church. He gave apostles, and he gave prophets, and evangelists, and pastors slash teachers. Uh, it's not pastors and teachers. Pastors better be teachers. That's, there's no article in the Greek. We do, one in, we, we do both of those tasks. It is our responsibility to equip God's people. To do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, until we come to such unity. There's another word I have circled. Unity. That's what this is all about here. Helping us become unified in the Lord. In our faith and, and knowledge of God's Son. That we will be mature and full grown in the Lord. Measuring up to the full stature of Christ. In verse 14, it starts that sentence off with the word then. It's a connector word. When we get full grown in the Lord, then, he says, we will no longer be like children. Children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. That still happens today, folks. Instead, we're told, or we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That, that's what this is all about. That is what God wants the church to be. So as the body of Christ, which that's what we are, our church is accepting the opportunity that we have before us today as both a privilege and a responsibility. You see, uh, that simply means that as a church, we're just doing our job. This is what we're supposed to be doing. It is part of our ministry as, uh, as the church to assist parents and to encourage new believers to become those godly disciples that the Lord wants us all to be. 
But there are two huge challenges that are before these who are participating both in the parent-child dedication and also the baptismal service. There's two huge challenges. The first is for these parents to raise their children to be godly. It's harder today than it's ever been in America to raise your kids to be godly kids. The second is for these new believers to grow up spiritually, to be mature and faithful disciples. It is not an easy day to grow up and be the godly person that God wants you to be. Solomon writes in Proverbs 22.6, Teach your children to choose the right path, and when they are older, they will remain upon it. Well, what is the best way to teach your children to choose the right path? I've got several thoughts I want to impress on your mind. The first is this. Make sure that you're on the right path to a healthy relationship with God yourself. Make sure you're on that path. I know this. You can never lead anybody where you haven't been or where you aren't. You've got to be on the right path. Also, teach your children to be godly by leading a godly life. Be an example. Don't just hand them a book and say, read it. Demonstrate it. And that's, that leads into the next one. Demonstrate for your children what a growing relationship with God looks like. Live it. Don't, don't just preach it. Don't just leave it uh, for them to guess what that looks like. Fourth, I would say take seriously your responsibility to teach your children God, children's God's word. Um, I'm going to assist you. That is something I do. We have Sunday school teachers and others in our church that will assist you. But it is parents' responsibility to teach the Word of God to their kids. Again, Moses makes that very clear. He says, so commit yourself, yourself, the people of God, completely to these words of mine, to Scripture. Tie them to your hands as reminders and, and wear them on your forehead. That, you know, we don't do that nowadays, but they did that back then. Uh, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're away on a journey and when you're lying down and when you're getting up again. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. In verse 22, he says, be careful. Be careful to obey all the commands that I give you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by clinging to him. Last, I would say, let your children see you obey God. You obey God. It's important. If you obey God, there is a far greater chance that your children will obey God. One thing for sure, if you don't, they won't. As parents, you are the greatest influence in your children's lives. And if you lead them correctly, they will follow. The best way to produce godly children is for you to be godly parents and to raise your kids in a godly church. Now, over the last several weeks, I've mentioned Peter's sermon that he preached on the day of Pentecost. I want you to keep in mind, and I'm going to refresh your memory just a little bit and maybe give you some new information. When Peter was preaching, he was preaching pretty much to an all-Jewish audience. He was also preaching to uh, the leadership of 
Israel's government, the Jewish religious leaders, the very ones that had crucified Jesus, he's preaching to them. And so when Peter said this in his message, he said, so let it be clearly known by everyone that in Israel that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. When he said that, needless to say, Peter got their attention, undivided attention. And God convicted their hearts. And, and being convicted, they, they, they were desperate all of a sudden. They realized what they had done, and they began to cry out to God. In verse 37, it says, Peter's words convicted them deeply. Why? Because Peter was speaking the words God put on his heart to speak. It was God speaking through him. And there was conviction. It pierced their hearts. And they said to him and all the other apostles, Brothers, brothers, what should we do? What are we going to do now that we've done this terrible thing? And so Peter wasted no time in giving them the most important instructions that could ever be given to anybody as they try to live their life. Verse 38, Acts 2 verse 38, this is what Peter said to them. Huge crowd. Don't forget that. Huge crowd. Some say maybe 500,000 people were in Jerusalem. I don't know that they were all within hearing distance of Peter, but it was a large crowd. And yet he addressed them as if he's speaking to them individually. He said, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are two very important things in Peter's instructions that I, I want us to to, to focus on for just a minute. The first is that Peter told them what to do and he told them how to do it. He told them how to be saved. They were to trust Jesus. That was the whole point of his message was to teach them the importance of trusting Jesus. They were to turn from their sinful lifestyle and turn to God, turn back, do a, a 180, not a 360, but a 180 and go in the opposite direction. And they were to do that by trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They had to trust Jesus to make things right between them and God because they were separated. If this was God, they were over here and they needed to come back to the Lord. And he's telling them how to do that. And in fact, in his sermon, in verse 12, he says, There is, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. So Peter told him how to be saved. Peter also told them how to please God. And that was they needed to obey God. If you want to please God, you obey God. They needed to obey the Lord that day in believer's baptism. Why? Because there were 3,000 of them who took the first part of his message and, and they took it to heart. They accepted Christ. 3,000 in a single day accepted Christ and were saved. Amazing. First sermon produced 3,000 converts. Now he's saying, not only do you need to trust, but you need to be obedient. You see, God commanded the church, us, to go and make disciples. And then to baptize them, to help them uh, identify as new believers with Christ and the church. The Apostle Paul uh, gave similar instructions to the church at Philippi about trusting and obeying Christ. It's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Look at what he writes. He says, dear friends... You always followed my instructions when I was with you. 
In other words, as I was teaching you what a church was supposed to do, what Christians were supposed to do and how you were supposed to live, you listened to my instructions and you followed them. And now that I am away, it is even more important. He goes on to say, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I want you to first notice here that, that Paul praised them for following his instructions. That's a beautiful thing. Paul was an excellent teacher. He was constantly telling them things that they needed to do in order to be uh, on that growth chart, growing closer and closer to Christ. And they were good students, which means they, they listened, but they also learned. You see, they put into practice what Paul taught them. But not only did he praise them, but Paul basically told them that the next thing they needed to do was prove their salvation to be real by obeying God. Look at what he said. He said, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. I've taught and I've learned um, in reverse order. You know, you, you, you learn this yourself if you're uh, the Christian that you're supposed to be. That the greatest lesson that a Christian can learn is that God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. And, and he says that. For God is working in you. Giving you the desire in your heart. And the power within you to do what pleases him. That, that's, a, that's a journey. That's a, that's a process. Uh, it doesn't happen. We don't become who God wants us to be overnight. We, we learn more and more about God every day as we walk with him. Verse 14 says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. I wonder what Paul would write today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think he's got enough adjectives to put with all that stuff, you know. He says in verse 16, hold firmly to the word of life. And then on the day of Christ's return, we believe he's coming back. Amen. Amen. On the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, Paul said, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want you, all of you, to share in that joy with me, Paul says. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. One last thing that I think Paul mentions here in what he's saying is the fact that Paul was encouraging them to grow to their greatest God-given potential. God doesn't want us to stay where we're at. You never should be plateaued. In fact, you can't plateau in your Christian life. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not getting closer, you're walking away from God. He says that he wants us to grow, and that is something that we must all do as well. It has been said that our potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to him. But our potential is probably our greatest untapped resource. We all have great potential. 
Every person in this room, God has some great thing that he wants you to do. Maybe it's many great things. You know, and, and there's something that you can do and only you can do that nobody else will ever be able to do. And it's important that you grow into that potential. You have to be growing to be what God wants you to be. And the key to that growth is trust and obey. You have to trust God with your life. And then as God reveals things to you, you obey them. You obey them. Okay? Learning to trust and learning to obey is a growth process. It, it's not a 100-yard dash. It is a spiritual marathon. It is a day-by-day-by-day-by-day-by-day-by-day journey that you take with the Lord. You get up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground, you open up the Word of God, you listen to God speak to you, and then you obey what He tells you, and you live that day doing the things that God wants you to do. Well, I, I praise God today that we have some new children of God that are learning about trusting and obeying the Lord, and, and they're doing it in a beautiful way. Uh, some have dedicated themselves and their children to raising them in, uh, in, God's, in God's way and God's will. There are others that are going to be baptized this morning, and uh, I'm proud of you. If you're not, if you're a candidate for baptism this morning and you're not over in this area, I'm going to let you make your way on over this way. Um, Ronnie and his team is going to come, and, and they're going to, uh, we're going to lead you all to sing a couple worship songs because i got to go back and change. I'm not going to baptize in this today. So anyway, I'm going to get my mic off, and I'm going to get my clothes on, and we're going to, we're going to baptize some folks, and uh, let's celebrate this together. So I would say, too, if you're, you're here and you want to make sure you see this, get to where you can see also, we'll have it on the screen. You'll be able to see it there. Uh, if you want to take pictures, uh, that'll be fine with me. Uh, I want you to have memories, okay? All right, brother, it's yours for a little while. I'm going to go be a Houdini. All right, invite you guys to stand. <clears throat> 